what you had mentioned earlier about how Trump picked up a lot of black voters uh, in the uh, 2020 general and how you can't necessarily just label all Trump voters as deplorables and say, fuck them, they don't get our attention because a lot of people have uh, different reasons for voting for different things, whether it's they say, fuck it, why not? Because they've been screwed for de- uh, decades and they just are, you know, Democrats aren't doing anything for them. So let's see what the Republicans will do. Because a lot of people, their ideology is just incomprehensible and all over the place. You talk to a random person on the street, they're not going to have this hard line like 100% Democrat all the time. They're going to tell you straight up like, I like this guy. I like this guy. I, you know, they, they don't actually give a shit about all these little things that we give a shit about. They just get their news or they're working all the time and they don't give a shit. And they just want to know, you know, uh, is half my paycheck going to go to taxes? Am I going to get a break? Am I going to get a check in the mail for something? Like, end of the day, that's most people, right? So uh, this guy, Carl Beer, (laughs) was mentioning something about how, like, Trump's racist and all of Trump's voters are actually just wealthy white people who are boat dealers, And I was just like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, Trump's a liar. Trump's full of shit. But he tricked his voters. These aren't evil people. These aren't Nazis and deplorables and fascists. These are people who have, uh, you know, economic interest in who they vote for. And they saw Trump as someone who would help them economically. So if you look at the polls, it's very clear. He picked up a ton of black voters. He picked up a lot of women. He picked up a lot of people who generally wouldn't be considered someone who would vote for Trump. And then the people who you would think would vote for Trump, like you said, switched and voted for the Democrats. So again, that's assuming the polls are correct. Polls are mostly bullshit. But his response was just to say, actually, you're wrong without any kind of (laughs) way to refute that or uh, specifically pointing out in which way I'm wrong. And I'm like, well, how am I wrong? Are you well, saying you don't, you don't you don't have to on Twitter, you know, then you, you right. just you, then you could just like you pick like one one thing out of, um, you know, something somebody says and then you can just have like a loop on that and everybody, you know, takes it up context and they all laugh about each other um, about this thing that, you know, somebody posted that they're all um, and, you know, willfully misinterpreting and, you know, everybody gets a good, uh, you know, kick off of each other um, with their willful misinterpretations and their giant circle jerk. But um, yeah, I, that's it, totally a thing I'm used to on Twitter, but it got even weirder because this guy kept going for like eight fucking hours and just totally misinterpreting everything I was writing to the point of me saying, like, what are you even talking about? Because I'm talking about this. You know, I'm saying, I, he said, oh, you're saying the majority of black people voted for Trump. And I'm like, that's not what I said. I said more black people voted for Trump. And not all of them are evil people. And if you're talking about the majority of black people, the majority of black people didn't vote at all. So, like, no, <laughs> the majority of uh non-white voters didn't vote for trump or biden so what does that say you know and it's his response was just all actually if that's what you think you're just you don't know how to read polls and it's just like well assuming polls are not bullshit which they are bullshit that's exactly what the poll says so it's like and this guy just kept going and kept going and kept going and it was just like nerve-wracking and i looked into it and this guy is not even a real person he's got a blackface avatar of alan iverson which by the way 
that was a whole separate topic of apparently I'm a moron because I don't know what Allen Iverson looks like because, you know, basketball being the 16th most popular sport in the world, clearly I should know who Allen Iverson is, but never mind the fact that none of them know some famous cricket star or ping pong star or whatever, you know, more popular sport than basketball. It's like a, it's like, it's like a New York thing. Maybe they all think that like everybody, I don't know. Well, it's an American thing. I think if you're an American, then basketball is more popular in America than say soccer, but worldwide, I mean, America is not the only country in the world with sports. Soccer is far more popular everywhere else in the world, but I guarantee Carl, so-called Carl, can't name a single soccer star, you know, um, or even pick them out in a crowd of what they look like. So yeah, I started asking this guy like, "Hey, what's with the blackface?" And he's like, "Oh, you're an idiot. Everyone knows about this." And I'm like, "This guy's not a real person. You look him up. Carl has bylines in Jacobin and two other places that aren't real um, news websites. They're just total fake like WordPress websites that are seemingly invented to give someone bylines." Um, And I dug up this old blog post by this guy named Jacob Fawcett, where he's basically saying, hey, everyone, by the way, um, I've given access to my pseudonym account, Carl Beer, to these other people. Um, So just so you know, it's it's all these other people, which sounds like bullshit, because if you look up who those other people are, they all talk shit about Jacobin. So are we supposed to believe that Carl, the collective Carl, is both writing articles for Jacobin and shit-talking Jacobin and creating a sort of uh, bullshit economy of shit takes on the on Twitter, you know, like a like a kayfabe of like uh, pro wrestlers where they're Hulk Hogan and Macho Man are fighting each other and then they go out for uh, drinks afterwards. It's just just kind of blew my mind. And then it was it was like twelve hours of people shitting on us on our. Uh, <laughs> on our Twitter account for the podcast saying that we're giant morons and we don't have a real podcast. And uh, if we, you know, are supposed to be serious then we should really be uh, listening to their podcasts, which are all sponsored and part of, uh, you know, the sort of sponsored by the Rockefeller foundation. <laughs> exactly. Kind of these uh, professional podcasts that are, you know, Sam Cedar and, uh, I don't even remember their names because honestly, I don't listen to their podcasts. But I think when I was like in high school, Sam Cedar had an AM radio show and all that uh, Air America stuff fell apart. But yeah, this whole idea that like it's just gatekeeping. But it's like gatekeeping by people who are insane and have to pretend who they are on the Internet and then make up a story about it. They're, I mean, they've, they've Sam Cedar has invested like. Uh, you know, like 30 years of his identity into you know, being like a loyal Democrat. So, right. You know, that's there's, the no, there's no feeding into the Democrats. And, and he, you know, and, and besides, he's also an MSNBC contributor. And, you know, um, I, I really, you know, rather than address, um, you know, the arguments of this whole force of the vote um, back and forth, um, you know, he did and this was a few a few different you know a lot of people online that took this tact was to conflate people that were saying um or criticizing aoc and you know her voting for pelosi and um doing everything that the democrats want always ever and voting for um for ice oh, God, and, yeah no and that's that's um, kind of what and, i was and, getting and, at is like this there's this whole bubble of people who pretend to be stupid 
Sam Cedar being kind of the main character this week with um, Jimmy Dore arguing about force the vote being a shitty tactic. And his defense was the old, uh, you know, if, if we do this, then Democrats will lose the speakership because everyone will vote for the Republican. Even though everyone just... pointed out it has to be, a, I believe, like a plurality and everyone yeah. has to vote for an actual person. Otherwise, it just goes to another round until they figure it out. Yeah, and there which are is more when, Democrats. When so you it's... extract concessions because she doesn't win on the first time yeah and it's like they're the, the it's entire idea that you're gonna like stack you're gonna like uh just you know get more like aoc democrats every like like two a year uh Until you know what for, yeah like what's the and, end goal here that we have a bunch of aocs and, who just vote with I, pelosi we just vote with Pelosi or like, <laughs> like what, um, you know, you negotiate, you can have, um, healthcare if you, um, operate a small business in a minority run community yeah, recipient uh, of a Pell grant. Um, uh, yeah, for, you know, it, it's going to be this, like ridiculously, you know, well, it's like means tested. That's their favorite yeah. thing to do is say, Oh yeah, we'll give you this and we'll means test it. Right, and she's already, you know, back down to the point where she said that she hopes that, um, you know, when she has kids, which she doesn't, uh, that they, when they're her age, that she hopes that they have um, health care. And fuck you. <laughs> you yeah, know, it's easy I, to say that when you uh, literally are a member of Congress with free health care. One of the most privileged human beings on the face of the planet. Like you, yeah. you are, have enormous amounts of power and you refuse to use them for working people. And well, it's cause it's her character. And then, yeah. She's, and she's then playing a character then, of a poor and, bartender. Right. And from it, the Bronx. Know, just, just a, you know, a victim or, or it's like, I, um, you know, I'm out there. It's just Jenny on the block out there on the streets. Like this whole thing where she, you know, um, did, you know, went and, you know, went to this strike, which is great. I'm glad she's doing that. Um, well, she should be doing that every fucking week and promoting right. it every fucking she, week and she, using she her platform and wielding her power. Right. It's like, not why, why run for Congress and not wield your power? It's insane. She's not an right. activist. It's like, I, I can, I can go to, I could go to a labor rally. I can bring like, yeah, me and you, you can do that. Like, don't worry. Delegate that out. AOC you could delegate snacks at the union rally. We got it. We'll bring the snacks. Well, you... It wasn't about the snacks. It was about the photo op. Oh, right. Right. But that's what she said. It was like, she brought snacks and it's like, everybody appreciated that she brought these snacks. Cause that's the whole thing. You bring like donuts and then everyone's happy. Well, it was great. Cause she, she promoted the rally to people right. that, that it's like, yeah, I'm not going to shit on that. But the problem right. is that she didn't do it because she cared about the strike. She did it because she cared about people thinking she cared about the strike. Right. Well, it's the, it's the whole thing is like, would she, would she have done that um, when it wasn't, um like like being publicized or whatever yeah and, and she she didn't you know like when well how many strikes have there been since she's been elected to office you know like i'm sure she's attended a couple here and there but the, the whole thing well, is her why, whole persona why isn't she is leading strikes in in the house of representative why yeah. isn't she why isn't she occupying pelosi's office again why isn't she you know um you know, doing everything she can to get as much as possible she talks a lot of you know like a big talk that she's going to do all of these things but when it comes down to it it's just it's just building up a fan base on on twitter and i you know i hope she does more actions like like that you know 
labor action. I do want to encourage and, and, and try to recognize when there are things that are good, but just the overall frame of quote unquote socialists <laughs> within the Democratic Party. Well, it's bullshit. It, it's she wrong. doesn't. Yeah, it's wrong. No, she's, she's not. Not a, she's not a socialist. She doesn't believe in what we believe, no. and she doesn't. She doesn't want Medicare for all. She doesn't want a national health system, which is the better idea. She doesn't um, want. Um, she wants what you know, Juan Guaido, to. Um, oh yeah, be, she's be, totally towing the State Department line. She's she's young Nancy Pelosi, is what she is. Right. She's her whole right. thing is bullshit. She tries to play off this whole. Uh, like you said, Jenny from the Black grew up in the Bronx. I'm going to take on Donald Trump. He's from Queens, but he hasn't dealt with a girl from the Bronx. And it's like she hasn't lived in the Bronx since she was five years old. She lies to people. She lived in a suburb. She lived in one of the wealthiest suburbs. Went to right. a school that was a public school, but also a public school in a wealthy suburb. May as well be a private school. She went to a fancy university. She has what? a double major. Well, she and worked that's, for that's Kennedy. Like, she interned for Kennedy. Really, like um, infantilizing um, uh, tendency that people have with her online. It's because it's a you know it is sort well, she of plays like, into I, it. Right, it's her whole persona. I, yeah, and so she's know, the, yeah she's the poor uh, girl from the Bronx who was a bartender, and she just lucked into fucking winning a congressional seat. Bullshit. She right. she wanted this her whole life. She built up her whole resume. She uh, volunteered for Bernie with the uh, specific she, intention of putting that on her resume. To, worked in uh, as a as an intern and for Kennedy, uh, yeah, for Kennedy's Trans office, yeah, for in, for international affairs. She translated for his international affairs office, which is spook. <laughs> <laughs> Something sketchy. But yeah, you don't you don't lock into interning for Kennedy. You don't lock into going to one of the nicest schools in New York and living in one of the nicest suburbs. And I'm not trying to like trash her parents. Like I'm sure her parents worked hard to give her that life. But don't play it like you just fucking tripped and fell and landed in Congress after being a well, bartender. You know, it, it, that's that's the marketing of the of the moment. It's not even I, you know I. I, uh, it's less about her as an individual subject because she's doing what a neoliberal subject does. You know, once this this material resources and, and, and you know it's uh, it it's more of just that the material forces around her are going to be that, regardless of whether whatever her subjectivity and her intentions are. Like um, you know, the Democratic Party and the infrastructure that's around her and all of the incentives are for her to. Uh, go as far to the right as possible and punch left. And the entire frame that the uh, Democrats are taking right now and the uh, the pseudo left, you know, synthetic left online is to, um, you know, move with the Biden administration and then punch left. And that's why they, they've got this moniker of, you know, that they take of post left, um, that they're like slapping onto people now. Um, and it's like, yeah, if, if all of the, um, if all of the leftists, you know, become right wing Democrats, then communists are post left, you know, like that, that, but, but it's just labels you know, and branding. Right. It's, 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 that's exactly what it is. It's another, it's a Democrat, it's, just, it's, it's a fandom. demographic branding yeah. that is being put on people. And it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not post left. I'm a leftist. You're post left. Like, yeah, Jack, and then people Jack fight Jack, about the labels. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, like, you know, all this, uh, this, 
ideology that says that um, you know socialism um, isn't possible is the that's the post left. You know that that's those are people that have given up on on like the future and have accepted capitalism. Well, they're, yeah, they're taking our they're taking the words and changing the meaning. Right. And saying socialism is actually snowplows, and we love snowplows, and let's talk about Guaido now. You know, he's a social democrat, don't you know? Bullshit. <laughs> he's a CIA trained uh, agent of fucking trying to another coup in South America, and it's just insane that AOC would support this clown because he's not even quality. He sucks. Like he, he's a joke. It's it's hilarious, uh, but she still uh, follows. She still follows him. It's and... just like she. It's. It, I get what she's doing. Like she, you got to play the game. You can't get elected to Congress and then say I'm going to tear this shit down. It, you'll lose. Your she's next elected election. already. She's already elected. But that's twice. the thing. That's the thing. She's in office. She's now in her second term. She's got a base, right? Just uh, this was the make or start, break it moment. Yeah, it's just like start start doing a little bit of socialism, of actual right. socialism. But she's not. She's just ratcheting it to the right and refusing to move left. Once the vote happened when nothing else did. Like that that's like sure, it was it like the best, you know, strategy? Like maybe not, but it was a strategy. And yeah, no so the, the alternative is we shouldn't do that. And it's like why? Why don't we just try it and see what happens? do nothing we should yeah. get nothing from Nancy pelosi we should challenge her in no way and then pretend whatever crumbs that they give them are are actually great and sell that to people in the same way that they you know sold all these bullshit uh you know committees that they were gonna have uh you know with the biden administration where then the biden administration said fuck you we're gonna do what we want anyway yeah. like 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 yeah though they're, they're gonna let you in the room You've got a seat at the table, and you've also got a muzzle on. These people play the game, but they willingly refuse to play it in their own favor. Other than, uh, like, uh, the best thing I can say is, like, she's not playing the game for us. She's playing the game for herself. Right, like the 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 content, the socialism, the policies, Medicare for all, everything that she says that she support is is really irrelevant. That's just what the contingent circumstances that she's coming out of are like, that's, that's the moment, but you know, you know, 10 years down the line, you know, that's not going to, what, what is the, um, the Senator from, um, Oh, Kristen cinema. Um, when she ran, she was like, um, she was just like, like, Oh, she was like the first bisexual Senator. And, but she was also like, so like this anti-war, like almost like a Green Party person or something. Um, and then as soon as she, you know, got into power, she leveraged and positioned herself and kind of her her real real positions come out because then once people are put in to these real world circumstances where they make decisions that materially impact people and they choose a side. She's like um, aligned they, with uh, um, Joe Manchin now. Right. Right, that they they chose a side, and that's not on the side of workers. Like that's like all of these other issues are, uh, you know, are used to obscure the fact that um, they're you know they're part of the ruling class. They're not your Instagram friend. You know, she's not your your, your friend on Twitter. 
Uh, she's not your DSA buddy that you know. Like she's a, a politician that has an enormous amount of power, one of the most privileged individuals on the planet, and um, use the use that platform to um, just focus on whatever the Democratic Party wants them to focus on, rather than using it to fight for material. Um, well-being of working people or and even just like some immediate COVID relief right how long well, how many well, months did it take them to know. vote on 600 bucks like six months to get a 600 bucks thanks meanwhile right. it took them a day or two to vote for billions of dollars in bailouts well, for corporations okay so of course the vote you can't get that you say that you like you don't have enough votes for that so what about what about for two thousand dollar checks what right, about just like anything? What about, That's the thing. About, just trying anything. They, they don't even want to try. They act like they only got one shot and they want to save it for that one big thing one day. Right. Well, no, they're, you know, they got their keeping their head down and, you know, going along to get along. And as long as they know they have a media infrastructure that, that's going to protect them, then they feel they have cover. And, you know, yeah. uh, that, that this TYT, uh, Sam, the majority report and all of the, you know, adjacent no little. You know, bread to bubbles, and yeah, the Miss um, Truman Institute herself, Nomiki Konst, um, <laughs> one of a very proud block of mine on Twitter. Um, you know, well, it's not even those people. It goes all the way down, like you said, to the bottom, the bottom feeders, the vouches, and the shoe on heads, and all those people who are just—they don't know what the but, fuck they're talking about, but they're, you know, playing the game and trying to get in on this on this brand opportunity. Right. And so they, they just see, they see the, you know, the world as it is, they see, you know, so they're just, they're just accepting the circumstances. So whatever comes down the pike from these, you know, majority report and from the Mickey constant from all these, these narrative machines, the Carl Bayhers and the, all these DSA date gatekeepers and people that are involved with the democratic party, state department socialists, they, um, you know, they, they will set the narrative and then the, the, you know, you know, little worker ants will, will do the, the work. And then it seems like it's something organic. It's something you can, you have, you know, degrees of separation between the initial message and what goes out there. But right, right now that it's the, they're talking about this Nazball vortex where they want to basically say that anybody who doesn't support the Democrats is a secret uh, red brown fascist, um, and you know this 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 uh, uh, conflation between Marxists and Nazis, and it's really like it is a new McCarthyism. It is um, it is a form of uh, well, anti-communist. Yeah, it's not even like secret. It's they're literally just like they shit talk Lenin and. Mao and all the people, you know, say what you will about China or Soviet Russia in terms of human rights or, you know, whatever, workers' rights, whether or not it was truly socialism or communism or whatever, they were successful for a time. And uh, other movements have not been. Like, when, when was the last, you know, anarchist revolution you heard about? Like, Chaz and Chop? Like, does that even count? So yeah, it's just like this total ridiculous narrative that is just pushed and, by the and, State Department. That right, and, and people will, of course, point to 
um, the Zapatistas, uh, but the Zapatistas explicitly reject the um, anarchist um, label that's put onto them by white anarchists. Um, uh, they say it's a form of, of colonialism. Um, so, you know, there's, uh, you know, this, this, it's, it's the beautiful soul um, kind of mentality where um, no, no society is, is good enough to support. Um, but that, um, that sort of, uh, puritanical, puritanical mindset, um, eventually caves into just this capitalist realist mindset that says, well, then I'll just support the Democrats because America sucks anyways, and they're my only option. And so I'll just vote for Joe Biden and all you have these just very like normative based conclusions that you come up with that are, are pre-programmed like yeah that's all set set out for you to begin with you were you were programmed to b believe and think in that way it is not your organic thought like that is how it was set up for you <laughs> i think you've got that though you've got that the people who do vote and then they say fuck it i'll vote for joe biden but i think the majority of people their reaction because they're not in this like nerd bubble where they kind of like i said earlier have a, a framework to articulate what this is all about they just go, what the fuck is that? I don't have time for that. And they don't vote at all. So say what you will about electoral politics, but if that's the goal here, why are like half the voters not voting in most of the elections? It just goes to show that both the options they're presented with or three of the options or whatever many options are just don't appeal to them, don't appeal to their life or their uh, economic standing or material conditions. And you would think the reaction of the Democrats who are supposed to be, you know, the good guys, right, would be some sort of relief, some sort of economic relief or material relief for these people. But instead, they spend all their effort arguing about, you know, how big of a bailout a bank gets or whatever. Um, and then you've got, like you said, the, the, the vouchers and whatever just supporting the democrats basically and saying like anyone else is a tanky or a nozzle or whatever i said i got my boys here in the hawaiian shirts you know <laughs> and, and everybody knows what that means hey officers that means boogaloo Uh, a lot of people believe differently about the Boogaloos, but the core belief is the fact that we stand for freedom, individual freedom of all, and we're willing to defend anyone's rights to those freedoms. How are you guys different from the more traditional militia groups, like the Three Percenters or like the Oath Keepers? <laughs> we won't compromise. So would you say that the Boogaloo movement is like more extreme version of militia groups? I think extremity is perspective. I think someone saying that we're extreme or saying someone else is extreme is all based on whoever's going to watch this or listen to this. They have to make their own decision. Again, not trying to make like a personal attack here or say these people are bad or whatever, but you've got basically someone with an incoherent collection of ideas and a completely incoherent way of articulating those ideas that boils down to libertarianism in a Hawaiian shirt. So the reaction on the so-called left, you know, fuck these boo-boo boys, they're all Nazis. And Jimmy Dore saying, well, actually, they're not Nazis. If you listen to what they're saying, they support Black Lives Matter. They support LGBT people. They support, uh, you know, they're anti-police. They're allegedly pro-worker, blah, blah, blah. 
my reaction has been, well, that's all well and good, but why are they literally wearing white supremacist memes as a joke or, uh, you know, calling themselves the Boogaloo Boys when the Boogaloo is a reference to uh, a shitty movie that was called um, Break Into Electric Boogaloo, I think is what it was called. It was like a sequel. And the whole reference is that it's a sequel to the Civil War and it's another race war. Boogaloo is shorthand for race war. So why call yourself, you know, the race war boys and then have all these like, uh, you know, Eureka flags and um, Nazi symbols and things like that. And then say you're not for that stuff. Yeah, it's just totally, it's totally incoherent. And, you know, it's, I mean, obviously, um, you know, that, that is, you know, the, the, uh, is there and is present and just completely ill-advised by the Jimmy Dore folks. I think that, um, you know, they really need somebody to um, help them, you know, vet, their um, candidates, but it's just as easy for because this person presented themselves as I mean it, it okay Jimmy Dore's a boomer okay let's well, be that's real. the thing that's the thing it's like I I don't think we've joked about Jimmy Dore I'm not trying to shit on Jimmy Dore I just I don't think he knew what the fuck he was talking about somebody messaged him they said I'm you know I was at the Capitol I'm pro BLM I you know I don't believe these things and you know he believed them at face value and you know that you know I I people uh, want to be really upset with him at that but let's just say that the people who are really upset about that um you know, I don't think that the left should be collaborating with the far right either, but I don't organize for, with the Democrats for that reason. That's exactly my point, though. That's what I'm getting at, is these people are like, oh, fuck the Boogaloo boys, they're Nazis. Meanwhile, the Democrats vote for drone strikes in Syria, but they're okay to support. Like, who's the actual threat here? Mike Bloomberg is um, a, a uwu uh, radical ally, but Jimmy Dore, you know, who picked, you know, had an ill-advised interview is a red bat brown enemy where it's like, I saw somebody tweeting, like, if you like Dore with those, like Dore had an asterisk. Oh yeah. Cause it's, it's, they think if you censor it, that it won't help, uh, you know, cause Twitter's so purpose, uh, such a shitty system that it doesn't, uh, know that you're doing that. <laughs> so if you if you like door i'm i'm unliking you now and it's just like i you know it's just so absurd because these 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 same people will listen to um i mean half of these bread tube people were nazis like four years ago like oh, shuan totally. head Bosch was in this destiny crew and was in a, like a right-wing libertarian Pogs um, for bernie that person Oh, oh, Pox for Bernie was a straight out like uh, Aryan neo Nazi, uh, well, self described neo Nazi. Yes, self yeah. self described. Yeah, just to, just to back that up, the Shuan head wasn't necessarily a Nazi. I think she was more. Uh, she's very young. She was like nineteen or twenty, and she's talking about your boring libertarian shit because that's what comes up when you search on the internet for politics. You just get a bunch of libertarian nonsense, free market right. shit. Well, just they were like Gamergate. I don't. They were not Nazis. It's you the could, whole yeah, Gamergate cut, cut, thing. Yeah, they were, they were like they were this Gamergate crowd, 
that you know a few years later they they responded to their criticism and internalized the this gamergate criticism and just became the rather than becoming like uh you know well they had really, to rebrand to keep their audience because that right. gamergate audience dried up yeah and so they moved to where this new like this new audience was and the synthetic left of radical, radical liberalism basically <laughs> and and you know that's you know this this well yeah pog pogs for bernie this you know uh she this like antifa democrat it's just you know really really like one of the most like zealous like oh i'm an antifa but like just like i think it was like two years ago they were one of these like alt-right neo-nazis and so they're following the audience and but they still retain the like virile virulent anti-communism that they had before but now it's just they they express it in service of the democrats rather than uh in service of the republicans right uh and, and they i will say that anti-fascism as an ideology isn't necessarily a bad thing there were no. people in world war ii who were anti-fascist you're talking about like uh french um uh, freedom fighters who were you know front lines with the allies fighting hitler and you had anti-fascists and in, in russia who were again front lines thousands of them dying to in england um you had a nascent uh you know white supremacist really kind of actual neo-nazi kind of skinhead movement that was on the rise and uh you know anti-fascist uh you know street fighting was definitely uh you know something that was part of kind of the youth subculture of the 80s um as that the kind of white supremacist moment was happening uh and you well, know the skinhead that movement it, itself is even outside of politics if you want to get really really deep into this weird stuff it's a very working class movement. Uh, skinheads were not racist people. You had black skinheads in in, uh, in the UK and in Australia and other countries. And, Bob uh, Marley. Yeah, Bob exactly. Marley. You can find a skinhead picture of Bob Marley. And that goes um, back to... The ska band, yeah. Yeah, it goes back to ska and um, soul music and jazz music. And basically, it was a movement that came out of... Uh, black subculture and music and working class subculture so these were they called them skinheads because they shave their heads because they're anti-hippies basically so what you're saying is basically that um ska created white supremacist skinheads is that is that yeah basically it's this weird thing where these subcultures started out as basically a class solidarity outside of politics they weren't socialist or whatever they were just working class people who would stand up for each other and they were, you know work for a living they were skinheads because they basically all had like buzz cuts that was where the term came from uh, they all dressed a certain way they had boots you know good sturdy boots they rode motor scooters because they were cheap uh, reliable transportation they listened to soul music they listened to ska music. It wasn't a racist movement. It was never a racist movement. But it was co-opted by people who were racist and were white supremacists and were bigoted people. And the term skinhead came to mean, you know, basically like neo-Nazi type people. Uh, there's a movie Romper Stomper that kind of gets into the weird 
details of that in Australia, which is, again, I kind of pointed out earlier uh, on Twitter, the Eureka flag is a symbol the Boogaloo boys like to use, which is a white supremacist symbol of, uh, it's like a mixture of the Southern Cross and a Christian flag. And it's just like literally like the Australian version of the Confederate flag. And the Boogaloo boys use it as a joke or whatever. But anyway, going off on a huge tangent here, but the, the whole skinhead thing got flipped, basically, where skinhead came to mean racist dudes with buzz cuts and boots who beat people up at events and music things. And you ended up with a movement called Sharps, which was skinheads against racial prejudice. So the skinhead movement went from being an anti-racist working class movement of class unity to a bunch of white guys who decided they want to make it a racist thing to then being transformed back into another anti-racist thing. So it's, you know, it's it kind of mirrors. Right, right. You have like this this sort of uh, like uh, mirror bizarro Antifa as like the the right like yeah. Uh, yeah you've got you've got these working class people who are uh, you know not necessarily anti-gun. They probably own a gun or not afraid of guns because they're very working class. Uh, you know, where I grew up, guns weren't a scary thing. People had guns. You live in the middle of nowhere. You probably have a shotgun in your truck. That doesn't mean you are a crazy gun person. And, you know, especially in like Appalachia, you had people who work in coal mines who are definitely more on the side of communism and definitely in a union. And that slowly over time turned into like redneck slowly became not a thing to symbolize uh, working class white people who work in a coal mine who are probably on the side of communism and definitely anti-fascist because they hate Hitler. It turned into this thing that means like dumb, uneducated, racist, bigot, confederate flag waving. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there is, um, you know, there is a really kind of uh, classist, you know, kind of coastal attitude that uh, the left does have where they, um, you know, generally, you know, we kind of tend to live in urban centers. And so we, um, there, there is, um, especially, you know, I'm a, you know, you, I know you are as well. I'm a, a transplant, you know, war, at one point to the Pacific Northwest. And, um, I, you know, when I, when I came here, there's just this really, um, well, I mean, the Pacific Northwest, the history of it is basically uh, parallel to the history of the sort of takeover of a lot of these movements where you've got these sort of modern day um, crusaders who are very religious and believe that like God wants white people to go and take these lands in this sort of manifest destiny style and, you know, spilling white blood and the glory and blah, blah, blah. And uh, you know, the Boogaloo boys love to use these like Roman symbols, for example, or Nordic symbols, because it again associates with like a white, white pride kind of thing. Or talk about the West. Right. And it's just this whole like playing a cowboy. So the whole idea of the Pacific Northwest was it would be this like white utopia. Of course, that's no longer the case today, but you still have this sort of underpinning of the fact that these areas were set up as white utopias. And as recently as the 70s had redlining and um, racial segregation going on. And it still to this day comes out in a sort of elitist, I wouldn't say white supremacist, but it's definitely like a racist undertone where it's more tolerant of race you know what i mean it's more of like a very polite like oh i have lots of black friends kind of attitude yeah but like you know they um but they don't they don't like really like them right, <laughs> you know right, like right, right. It's, it's like, like oh totally yeah like, racist but just not overtly racist 
Um, you know, and I, I, uh, I come from an area where it's like, uh, the, I don't know, it's, it's like a, it's a little more working class. Uh, so you, you just kind of, you just kind of live with people and, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, uh, you know, the, the racists can get real racist. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you, you just, uh, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, a sort of like universal uh, sort of kind of shared experience that folks have um, in, in more kind of working class areas than in these uh, uh, coastal centers where, where people really are more like neoliberal subjects um, and they're more alienated and they are um, it's like uh, capitalism is, is almost a little more advanced Um past the the like post post industrial um and more into um you know symbolic manipulation so yeah it just it, it, it's a whole different um dynamic and environment that you you get up here and it's i think there's where we're both from very different areas obviously but you definitely have more like a class solidarity going on across uh, racial lines and um, you know other identity lines between men and women and gay and straight and whatever you want to say there's definitely more of a you're all working at the shitty job together so you're all getting along because you're all in the same shitty boat and the thing is i think it's in the interest of capitalism to divide these people up and turn them into little individual islands and i think that's kind of where this whole tanky thing or boogaloo thing is coming from is if we were to basically get along with anyone who we may disagree with politically not saying again like you said not saying we go uh embrace people who are calling for a race war but majority of these people have no idea what the fuck they're talking about they're just looking for an outlet for their economic frustrations you get them to stop doing that yeah you talk to them and you say oh that thing you think is the solution is actually not the solution. They don't have to keep doing that. You you can yeah. you can you can talk to them like people and then and then get them to stop. Like yeah. that's and I think it, it just perpetuates it. it just it perpetuates this idea that we shouldn't talk to those people. Like who do you think is more likely to be on your side? A bunch of neoliberals who are like upper middle class who are hoping to be a bartender who magically fell into a seat in Congress or a poor person who sees these contradictions and Googles it and their solution is join the Boogaloo boys, which is just a, like I said, libertarians in Hawaiian shirts. You talk to them and you say, you know, this is what this means. This libertarianism is, it's, it's not uh, emancipating you to anything but the free market. This is a ideology that's based in rugged individualism. You know, it's, this isn't going to help. Thank you.
calls everyone a fucking tanky and it's like do you even know what you're talking about dude are you talking about the black panthers and albert einstein nelson mandela was Mel- nelson mandela a tanky at what point are we allowed to talk to people at what point is it acceptable uh, version of socialism you know like the all these all these uh people he claims are like violent fascist nazi blah 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 uh nazbull vortex like what are we supposed to just allow people to get sucked into the vortex then? Like, what is your solution here? Cause these people, like I said, a majority of these people you and I grew up around, uh, where we're from are just working people. They're broke as fuck. Their job sucks. They see no prospects in life. Uh, kind of echoes the sentiments of the El Paso shooter, the kid who shot up Walmart because he thinks there's, you know, he saw all these things like, uh, no opportunity in education the job he trained for is gone. So he started reading up on things and found this theory called the great replacement where there's like a globalist conspiracy to replace all the white people, you know? And it's like, what are we supposed to do? Just let those people believe that because they're bad people and we shouldn't talk to them. Or should we say, Hey, talk to us. We see those exact same contradictions and we want to show you this other option that is not an option of, you know, a race war uh, and I think that the vouches of the world don't want that to happen because not only do they love the conflict because it drums up engagement and they get, you know, more clicks or whatever on their videos. I think they they want the world that as it is to continue existing because the position they are in is one that is beneficial to themselves. They don't want to see a world where maybe they aren't making as much money, but everyone around them is better off. So it's right. essentially so just it's this like, like narcissistic thing where they just they don't actually give a shit about anybody else. It's not about um, you know some perfectionism where everyone's a tanky. It's that it's it's more of like a Calvinism. It's a religion where everyone is just predestined and everyone's cursed and fuck them. They can go repent or whatever. Yeah, that's the, you can you can rep- you can repent and you can convert. You know you can be like it, but you can if you're not. You know, you can either be a convert or, you know, you can be a heathen, but there's no in between. And it's just like, like the, this, uh, this pogs for Bernie, um, gal, she was this like super racist neo-Nazi and then 
just absolutely like change their mind, which is great. I mean, growth, growth is, is, you know, something that we should allow, um, you know, all people to have a subjective growth to uh, become better people. Um, we should be trying to encourage that. We should be uh, providing, you know, resources and trying to explain things to people. Uh, you know, in a general sense, you don't necessarily have to go sit. I'm not saying you need to pow down with a particular fascist, <laughs> literal fascist. Well, that's the like, thing. They think we're saying, like, uh, abandon everything you believe and go slap on a Hawaiian shirt and start talking about a race war. That's not what we're saying. Well, we're saying yeah, go think, talk to those people and tell them why well, that's a bad really idea. That. They just want other people to believe that. They want they want to be able to launch that immediately at anybody if you disagree with you know their mode of operation, which is just being a Democrat. Right. Like, no, that's what I'm saying. They're trying to just silo everyone into... Oh, you can't go talk to those people. And they're also saying, well, that version of socialism is bad. You're a tanky. So they're just basically eliminating all the options until you get to the one option, which is go be a Democrat. It's the same thing with their um, force the vote opposition. They don't actually have a reason to oppose a concept of asking our politicians to just vote on something. Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore. (laughs) <laughs> he was the one that came up with it. Did you know that Jimmy Dore came up with it? The the concept of uh, asking elected representatives to vote on a thing is bad because Jimmy Dore suggested it. Who gives a shit? It's a good he's idea. A, yeah, he's a literal fascist. He's a literal fascist, I know, because he interviewed a fascist one time, or a guy who called himself a fascist. That's uh, one thing I want to bring up. Um, Caleb Maupin um does a lot of uh, discussion debate things with people who would otherwise be considered ideological enemies, right? Um, He did one with this guy who calls himself a fascist. And I was just laughing the whole time because um, I don't think Caleb was laughing, but it was just like the things this guy was saying, the so-called fascist, he's just like LARPing. He's cosplaying. He's someone who's obsessed with violence and thinks that there, it's a legitimate like uh, ideology, political I- ideology, to be a fascist and call it like a third positionist and whatever. And it's like these people are either delusional or just confused. There's no one out there is an actual fascist. No one out there is an actual Nazi. Yeah, right. It's not. It's not a rational thought. That's that. That is absolutely valid. Yeah. It is. It is not. It is not a rational um, logic that's guiding their actions it's it's um you know a base kind of cult ideologies and fandoms that um you know that capitalism uses to segment people off and control them and it's like this uh, whole QAnon uh, phenomenon was like this little labyrinth where they kept you know feeding pellets to all the the um it's like you a know, the choose your own adventure novel for Trump supporters, right? And to keep them all, you know, within the brand, within the within the, you know, voting Trump, buying buying Trump hats, tweeting about Trump, you know, keeping Trump in the the you know the, the news, and then where the narrative um, ruptures, it would it would cover up the gap, so they could they could use this this sort of um, alternate reality game that they were running um, to, uh, 
you know, keep people engaged in the in the Trump story and have it be more than it seems on the surface, so they could almost in, in you know imbue it with this like deeper mysticism, and that's why you you see people like the um, the Rantha um, the Rantha folks had a QAnon event at their oh, sure at the compound. compound. Yeah, they they were it's like a big thing over in uh the the rantha world and they they follow along with that and you know i have a, a good friend of mine you know his uh his mom could sort of fell into that that world too and she um it's it's like you know as far as i you know understood her to be like a, a pretty you know relatively intelligent you know thoughtful person um that kind of uh got very into sort of like a Jungian pattern recognition kind of woo pseudoscience kind of point of view. That's like this new age kind of demographic um, kind of ideology that is very easily plugged right into this other product. Like you, you just oh, totally, it's like a event horizon where, you know, you start out just asking questions and then you move to, you know, uh, and I mean, again, uh, the um, the thing I mentioned earlier, um, Space Commune has a video on this whole kind of subject of YouTube and the algorithm. And it kind of is like a feedback loop to keep your engagement up. It's like a drug. You know, they just want to keep you addicted and clicking and watching videos. And the result of that is you watch one video on like 5G suddenly you're being fed a hundred videos on 5g and if like COVID is caused by 5g and if autism is caused by it and it's just like this total anti-intellectual bullshit loop uh and it's the thing with ramtha for the listeners ramtha is a uh not to uh <laughs> just as a disclaimer don't want to get sued because ramtha sues anyone who says anything about them um an organization <laughs> with a compound uh, in rural Washington and, um, the leader of Ramtha or the figurehead or whatever you want to call this person is a Trump supporter or was a Trump supporter and turned closer into the kind of Q conspiracy stuff. And also a, like, of, of like 10,000 year old Atlantean deity. Oh, right, right. I, I forgot believe. about that. Yeah. The yeah, actual person, important. um, is a woman, Sorry. but then the woman channels this, uh, 10,000 year old God figure or whatever it's supposed to be. I'm not hundred percent. Yeah. She's living her best life. Okay. <laughs> but it's, what's crazy about that whole thing down there, Ramtha is that there's uh, well-known celebrities like Selma Hayek involved in this kind of stuff. And it almost mirrors Scientology in a way, but in like a different kind of more mystical, uh, magical kind of, you know, less of a religion, more of a, other word well, you would use for an organization that has a very specific ideology. Uh, well, you know, so, so, uh, Scientology um, very much kind of came from its own kind of magical little uh, oh, totally. background. Yeah, I mean, we could do a whole episode on Scientology about the L. Ron Hubbard failed science fiction writer. We, we don't. Uh, um, clams we, we, and Xenu we, and volcanoes we'll and DC-10 airplanes. We'll it's have insane. to start a Patreon to uh, pay <laughs> for the lawyers before we do anything like that. I think at this point they're bored of suing regular people and they're just going after more wealthy people and trying to silence people more than sue them. But yeah, Ramtha for sure will 
sue us if we say anything too mean. But uh, just to say Ramtha, I think, would be fair and would agree to say Ramtha the supported Q. Is a, is a Q supporter. Yeah. This is, these, are, these are verifiable facts. No, that's what I'm saying. I don't think that would be something we could okay. be sued over. Okay. <laughs> uh, Yes, but you know the, the it's a it's a narrative that is created this kind of imaginary order that's that's used to string people along, um, where it's just uh, you know it's it's kind of a labyrinth where the the walls are changing as as they're moving through it, and they don't need to um, keep any of um, the history consistent. You can retcon anything as you go. Oh yeah. Um, no, the whole thing with Q where like, you know, Q will make a prediction, for example, uh, you know, let's just make one up and say the prediction is Trump will at midnight tonight, uh, release the indictments for blah, blah, blah. Right. Midnight comes and goes and Q will say, aha, you see, this was all part of the plan. And that, uh, we released that prediction knowing that they were watching. And now, now is when we've got them because now they're letting their guard down. And it's just like, <laughs> turn to page five if this didn't happen. Turn to page seven if it did happen. And it's just right. totally well, and, and, and liberals on the left have their own version of this, like with the, the, the kind of MSNBC crowd had it with the, oh, the Russian hackers. Uh, yeah, with, with Russian hackers and, and follow, you know, uh, Russian bots online and, um, you know, and and now there's this new, like more more complex kind of higher level version of this, which is this new, um, like anarcho liberalism, and it, it is it is more ideologically complex. Um, you know, it, it is a it's a merger, uh, you know, a dial a dialectical merger of you know Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, imperialism, and DSA socialism um and well it's like the joke cover that was on jacobin this past week which was uh basically mirrors one of those prayer candles you don't get irony bro bro it's it's so clearly a joke (laughs) and like yeah to plug space commune again i think they have a uh, i'm gonna repost it on our soundcloud but they're episode seven they talk about the cover and it's just so fucking stupid it's like if you tell a joke or you're doing irony and nobody gets it, you failed. You didn't do a good job. It wasn't funny. It wasn't ironic. At this point, it's it's like uh, they're just they're just putting this stuff out and then laughing about it. It almost seems like like this. Uh, they did a, an article called uh, like the, the case for brunch, like like million oh yeah they're totally just fucking with us at this point people are dying in a pandemic you're attacking socialists and you're attacking people organizers for uh like pushing politicians to to organize for fucking healthcare in a pandemic and you want to write an article about fucking brunch fuck you it's just buzzfeed it's buzzfeed for the synthetic left it's a lifestyle magazine it's 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 a it's a (laughs) it's a magazine it's almost like a fan club magazine for like pro wrestlers, you know, like they're just covering the bullshit made up kayfabe of all the politicians on the so-called left. Well, and what then, I found is really interesting is like some of the, the core group, the kind of like more, more uh, intellectual uh, group of them right now are all, they're all really interested in um, reading the early works of Christopher Hitchens. What? Um, <laughs> 
is really is really interesting like uh you know this, but he was like he was a trotskyist at first right it turned into like extremely new conservative so it's just i find it really fascinating that they all really want to uh look into the um you know the early work of christopher hitchens like he's this really interesting figure that we should all be reading like uh, yeah, i mean there's so much <laughs> it doesn't even make, it's like it's literally like they're all in a discord somewhere just coming up with dumb ideas and then coordinating these dumb ideas and how they're going to post it, about none them. of it is like refer like there's no reference like to the 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 concrete reality of the working class at all it's like this little la new york media social group and they're all friends and they all message each other and they promote each other and if you're not part of it then they're gonna fucking attack you and oh, they're no, not totally. gonna be like i said earlier like with the whole carl beer thing right um all I said was, what the fuck is up with this guy and his fake identity? He even has a woman identity he uses where he says it's his assistant. Yeah, um, it was like looks, very, Trump, very Trumpian, actually. I think they, didn't Trump do that very same thing like the John, John whatever, he had his assistant and he would do like a funny voice for him. Oh, yeah, call, yeah, 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 yeah. John Barron, John Barron. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is, by the uh, way, Barron is the name of his son. So it's literally he, like he John... John Potato, because like there's a potato he's eating for lunch. He like could even come up with an original name. It's just this made up name that he used to trick people on the phone. Yeah, it never like, actually. Uh, Kaiser Sose. <laughs> but it's this. It's the same. You know, kind of thing. Uh, you know, just I don't know. Like you know, it's it. It's, it's so weird because I've actually like some of the articles that um they've they've submitted under that name I, like aren't bad like I, there's there's like some decent content there well, like he's, to that's be, the thing to is he claims jacob fawcett who's the person ultimately behind it who by the way is like an academic white guy living abroad uh somehow on what is essentially welfare in sweden and bragging about turning down work um, spook cool yeah exactly just magically is able to afford living abroad uh, without a real job. Uh, and a couple of the other people are in the same situation, literally also in Sweden, also jobless, also academics, spooks. Um, Rania Kalik, I think it's how you pronounce her name, is allegedly one of the other people associated with that account. But what's weird about that is, like I said earlier, she's very critical of Jacobin and also very critical of the CIA. Yeah, I would say that's a kind of like a, like a, more on the anti-imperialist But what's side weird is, right, it's like, are we supposed to believe she's actually involved? Or is it that she's not involved and for whatever weird-ass reason lets Jacob use her name as cover for something? So it's just this total weird, not to like get off on a weird tangent, but it's like it's the CIA, but the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing. And it's almost like a uh, burn after reading situation where it's just yes. a bunch of spies chasing each other. <laughs> and again they're all in the same discord at the same time it's just like what the fuck is going on you guys this is the best you've got is a bunch of people who post all day and write about brunch it's uh it's just like it, it's uh it's straight yeah. out of the sabotage manual of the 1940s where it's just basically like do a shitty job well it's like yeah that's like what is the most like pretentious snobby like like just any just kind of working people class away from socialism by who making is, it too like reads that who's fucking struggling right now would just say fuck you 
would look at the article and say, fuck you, you rich piece of shit. Yeah, and, and I think that's and, the goal. It's just to scare people away from socialism by making it look pretentious and stupid. And that's like yeah. you go to a DSA meeting. What's what's the first thing they do? They start all arguing about who gets to talk bugs. first. You cannot make me. What's that? I said I won't eat the bugs. You can't make me. <laughs> yeah, you'll own nothing and you'll enjoy eating the bugs. Exactly. Yeah, it's just all. It's the blob, as uh, Amy Therese would say. <laughs> Yeah, it's you know it's, um, and there's there there are um you know with the of course with the caveat there's there's a lot of um good people that are involved in DSA because um a lot of folks joined after Bernie they had this giant spike in, in membership growth it's the largest uh, socialist quote unquote organization in America um, that a lot of people were looking to get involved in something and obviously that is what is involved in their area and there are. Um, people within the, that organization that have done um, good work within their like local kind of um, you know tenant organizi- organizations and uh, folks that that do good things and you know good on them. But when you look at the overall organization within its historical context, when you look at uh, Michael Harrington and Gloria Steinem um, who founded it, when you look at the way that it operates today as an ideological state apparatus for the capitalist system um, it's fairly clear that it is a institute a a institution of capitalist control and not um, a method for the revolution or for the emancipation of the working class in any form or shape right and I mean it effectively you know, basically, like we just said, either scares people away or funnels them into the Democratic Party, which is essentially a dead end. So it's just like this trap for people. And at the right. same time, it serves as almost like a make work program for a bunch of weirdos. Uh, right. Like, I mean, I've always joked that the neoliberals are just people who have flown on Jeffrey Epstein's plane uh, and everyone else is just hoping to get jobs from those people because they all have money for some reason. Like, uh, how did Jeffrey Epstein even have all that money? He was just managing investments for all these pedophiles, basically. So it's just like this insane web of weird shit. Uh, and you sound like a crazy person saying, like, it's just the CIA. But at the end of the day, it's like, no, it's literally the CIA. It's yeah. literally the State Department and imperialism and whatever and you want to call that. Uh, you know, U.S. interests. It, performed via whatever whether that's the cia or the nsa or you know the alphabet boys the alphabet boys yeah (laughs) was a no such agency but that's kind of like yeah it's just i can see why people would get kind of tired of it and just not give a shit and not vote and not get involved or turn to an organization like a the Boogaloo Boys or some kind of a you know militia or something, and or just like just like go like like all complete black pill or like you know there's all these like kind of strange new reactionary um, ideologies that are popping up, um, sort of like forms of right wing accelerationism, and well, that's um, what the Boogaloo Boys are allegedly uh, is basically promoting the race war promoting a second civil war 
to accelerate the downfall of the U.S. government. Right. So they're they're where we cross paths with them in terms of socialism and whatever it is they're supposedly believing in is, uh, you know, against oppression of, via the police uh, on basis of like race or orientation or whatever. But their end goal isn't a utopia where everyone, you know, is there's an abundance of wealth and resources. Their end game is just libertarianism where we all live in like a dystopian wasteland and corporations rule and there's open borders for corporations basically. Yeah. We all just have to chase the jobs. It's this, but accelerated. Yeah, exactly. So it's just this, yeah, like I think we're kind of going all over the place saying the same thing, but yeah, it's the boogaloo thing is just interesting in that it's um, the topic of the week, but it's also just like kind of being shot down in terms of um, how we respond to it. Like they're saying, oh, don't talk to those people. But they're not addressing the fact that the reason those people are uh, allegedly unworthy of attention and support is because uh, of where they're heading. But ultimately, it's because they see the same contradictions and their analysis is flawed. And I think the people who want to shit on it are just afraid that that analysis could be corrected and replaced with a, a socialist analysis that says this is capitalism and the way we fix that is socialism yeah, so it's all just it's just it's piles upon piles of uh sabotage basically if workers organize a revolution who the fuck wants to listen to sam cedar exactly the majority report <laughs> uh i saw um that he did a debate with um uh, Bree Joy, who was uh, the make work hire for the Bernie campaign so that she wouldn't go work for Liz Warren. And uh, I didn't have three hours to spare in my day because I work for a living. But I did flick through the thing just to see if there was anything interesting that happened. And I landed on one part where he said, basically bragging about how cool he used to be back in the day when he was on normal radio and said that he was so controversial he had to leave the office with a baseball bat. And I was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, you didn't. No you one... can find a clip of him <laughs> like like two or three years ago talking about how Nancy Pelosi is a fantastic leader and yeah, why nobody should replace her because she is a great leader and knows what she's doing. He is, is exactly, it's the new Daily Coast. It's That's the Daily Coast ship. The guy on the Daily Coast, uh, what was it, like a couple Mar- years ago? Marcos, yeah, well, Marcos. Yeah, yeah. Also another and- spook, by the way. Uh, <laughs> or glowy, which is now a hate word. Um, that's, <laughs> it's person of power. <laughs> person of, person of uh, fluorescence. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, I think I had an account on there when I was like in high school. Because again, we weren't born socialists. Uh, I was very active in high school, speaking out against the war and George W. Bush and all that kind of stuff. Um, he, the Daily Coast was like a, one of the only outlets for, you know, blogging or whatever about politics at the time, because this was way before Twitter and all that shit kind of came to be. You know, we were still doing uh, blogs that had just become popular from Blogger before it was owned by Google. Anyway, Daily Coast account, ancient, right? My account dates back to like 1998 or 1999 or something. 
uh, and for like shits and giggles, I logged in in the 2016 election and posted an article about uh, how I looked into it and the Marcos or whatever his name is had done a thing for Nancy Pelosi to buy her a bunch of roses. Yeah. And he had raised some amount of money. I don't remember. I don't really care. Let's say $50,000, right? And he was going to buy her like 10,000 roses. Uh, and then off the top of my head, I was like, I've bought roses in bulk before. They're not that expensive. They're not even a dollar a piece. If you're going to the kind of supplier that has that many roses, why the fuck did it cost them that much money? So I literally called up the place and they're like, oh yeah, our, our roses are, you know, 99 cents a piece or whatever it was. So where did the other $40,000 go? Right. And I posted that banned immediately. <laughs> Article deleted. It's they're just all. Yeah. Like, um, they're, they're, they're grifters. Market. They're just trying there's to make some money. There's, there's markets, um, yeah. opening up like of symbolic production and, um, you know, kind of reproduction of, of, uh, social life. And there's markets, there's money to be made and reproducing those symbols. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if the symbols like do what they say they do. It can be a Chuck E. Cheese pizza at the end. And, you know, the restaurant could say what it, it's, it's, you know, uh, you know, five star Michelin and you get your Chuck E. Cheese pizza. <laughs> and I think that's kind of, uh, to kind of bring it back to where we started the whole thing of them saying like, these are uh, like the unmentionables and the unwelcome people in our movement. Right. They're saying basically, you know, we're going to do a revolution and these people aren't going to be allowed in. What I think is, it is, is a projection uh, that in a socialist utopia, it's them fearing that they wouldn't be welcome right. because of what they're doing right now. But the fact is they would be welcome. And the problem is everyone would be as wealthy and as happy and as successful as they are. And they wouldn't have this sort of edge up on everyone yeah, else. They wouldn't be special. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what they fear the most. They don't actually want a revolution. They want to be on top. They want to be, they are capitalists. Uh, and I think that's the whole thing about, um, like it was mentioned to me earlier, like, um, you know, you want to exclude the boogaloos from your utopia. And I was like, no, I don't, you know, we may disagree on racism and things like that. We may not want a race war. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Who knows? But if we were to say, be successful, the socialists and bring about a society that is classless where everyone has everything they would ever need or want or whatever, you know, sort of the uh, fully automated luxury gay space communism joke, but you know, Star Trek, where you know there is no money food comes out of a little thing any kind of food you want of course they would be welcome their racism wouldn't be welcome but also would they even have it because that's a response to the contradictions they're facing so right that's the, it's, it's it's back to that like uh the liberal uh, focus on on individual sub subjectivity and putting the responsibility on the individual rather than looking at how um, structures and how society forms these uh, these you know irrational subjectivities and um, 
and then reproduces them and then trying to change those circumstances they're just constantly um, responding to the the products and the symptoms that come up rather than um, you know going to what the actual uh, issue is and um, what the primary contradiction is and like how you can actually affect a long-term change that um, is lasting and, you know, might actually stick around and, and, you know, help people's lives and provide some kind of relief. Um, but they're not, you know, they're, they're bourgeois. And so it's like for them, you know, that the time they just need to preserve the current moment that is working for them. So any kind of change um, is antithetical to that. So, you know, yeah, be, be, you know, be as radical as you want be you know like you know this you know go and you know do street theater and then come back you know as long every four years you come back to to you know the pasture and you come back and vote for the democratic party um then you know you're allowed to pretend whatever you want in between um that you know, you can, you can be, yeah, you guys can have your little club, you know, and you could be socialists and that's fine. As long as you don't try to actually have political power, as long as you're trying to work within civil society and not within the social space granted by, um, the, 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 the institution of formal power and the government. Um, you can't, as long as you're not trying to petition, to control that apparatus and you're just trying to petition corporations within civil society for cultural changes and you're trying to petition, um, you know, uh, either these capitalist parties for the same, you know, or for like including classes, like maybe please you can just like tag this onto the end of the rest of, you know, this chain of signifiers that you're, you're, you know, nodding at and giving you know um a little bit of you know throwing breadcrumbs at but you know you're not not changing anything unless you break from this like hegemonic single capitalist party and its two wings and form um you know a socialist party that is a political project and not just a a social cultural project that means that we're focusing on um you know universal goals uh that can um emancipate the working class and it's really comes down to you know just that
I'm at the Pizza Hut. I'm at the Nosball Vortex. I'm at the combination Pizza Hut Nosball Vortex. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Do with it what you will. Oh my god.